This episode was taken from a live stream that Cy Shackleford and I did on the Roots 10th studio album, Undone. Hope you enjoy. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the DC and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's Top Agent Awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's Sai, nice to have you back, man. Doing an album that I love, The Roots Undone. It's good to be back, Andrew. Really good to be back, man. I've been dying to do this album my damn self. Yeah, it's 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 a great album, man. And honestly, it was the first really like full album that I listened to, you know, for The Roots. I just heard songs kind of like C2.0 and movies mm-hmm. like Collateral and and um never really like that like delve too far into their uh into their catalog but this album was really the first full album i've listened to and it's just incredible i mean yeah you could say that all of their albums are conceptual have a theme to them or a concept album but this one right here undone this is the first one i heard where it's like has a narrative like i thought it had a narrative going all the way through yeah like an actual story and a creatively a creatively uh delivered narrative at that yeah, and it's told like backwards. It's almost kind of backwards, you know, Tarantino esque, right? You know, like or, or like or like Nas's Rewind. Yeah, only yeah. they made a full. Only they did a whole album with that whole concept in mind, starting it from the end. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty genius in my, in my opinion. Um, I, I love it, man. It's 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 awesome. Um, oh yeah, and then so we got the roots for those who don't know the band. You know, we have uh, what's it, Tariq uh, Black Thought Trotter. He's one of the, the best MCs out there. Yeah. And um, we have Amir Questlove Thompson. We got James Poyser on, on keyboards, Captain Kirk Douglas on guitars, and then uh, Mark Kelly on bass. Um, and, so this and, album came out, what, in December of uh, 2011, right? Yeah, it came out then, late 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, just want to say that for the roots, yeah, uh, Black Thought. And uh, Questlove, they're usually the face of the group, really. And uh, Black Thought, he's a he's a consistently sought out MC. I mean, the first time I heard him personally was on the song "Super Lyrical" on, on Big Pun's first album, "Capital Punishment." Yeah, Thought yeah. is one of the yeah Black Thought's one of the few MCs that could go toe to toe with Pun. Yeah, I heard him on like the first time I really heard him was that C 2.0 song that was in uh, off the phrenology album. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. The one where Cody chestnut, uh, where he sang the hook. Yeah. And then, um, 
And then I also saw, like heard of him from the reanimation album that Linkin Park did. He did that one song. Um, I can't remember what song it was off the reanimation album, but it may have been. Um, I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't. I don't recall which one it was, but um, it was pretty awesome to see him do a collab with Linkin Park. And then he also did one with Fort Minor, which was. That's Mike what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Side project. Yeah, I was going to mention just that too. Yeah. It, he he's just amazing, and it's kind of weird to see him on uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Fallon's you know his show uh, being the uh, backing band, but but not a bad gig when you think about not it. Not a bad gig at all. Not a yeah. bad gig at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, this this album, man, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, it, it, the concept. The do you want to talk about the artwork maybe a little bit or? I was going to say what's it called? The album cover. It's a it's a black and white photo called Flying High. Um, it was taken by a documentary photographer, Jamal Shabazz, and it shows a child flipping on a mattress. And and in doing so, I think it captures the concept and the storyline of the album, which is told in reverse chronological order. I mean, a young boy is shown on the right and on an older one on the left in between the boy flipping on the mattress. And the Roots, they were really going for their symbolism with this album, I think. Yeah. yeah they really wanted to they really wanted to go all out all out conceptual like prince paul prince among thieves kind of hip-hop concept album like a hip opera yeah and and looking at that photo it's it's um i mean it was a demo, uh, documentary photographer and he just it, it almost works perfectly with the theme of the, of the of the record um you know you have him kind of it almost looks like he's doing a backflip right on and you have the picture of of you know the older the older boy and then the younger boy in the middle kind of are, one's on the left one's on the right the the older's mm -hmm. on the left the younger's on the right and, and then Benjamin you see him button yeah and then you see you know it's so it's like it, it it's it almost kind of works with the concept of him you know the, the the album starting off when he's older and then yeah the end of the albums when he's younger kind of yeah starts with his death ends with his birth well ends with his conception really yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, and 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 the backdrop too i mean the backdrop of that photo you see like the, the neighborhood kind of and and the walls kind of looking run down and yeah it's I, urban blight yeah kind of fits in with the story that they're trying to tell the backdrop of this story which is you know philadelphia or it could be a any, uh, any, uh, any anywhere any, really any inner city in america really and he said any inner city is populated with with young black men who feel that this is their only way to way to get out of there. Yeah. And I was doing some research on on the album and and I believe Black Thought said that he was like he did the the, the concept for this album was based off of like experience that experiences that he had as a growing up where he saw kids like 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 Redford, you know, and wanted yeah. to tell that story and make sure people, you know, understood understood yeah, he, like what was going on yeah he said uh, what's it called like guys like redmond stevens they're like a dime or dozen in philadelphia so it's like pick pick almost anyone they'll have almost the exact story yeah and he also said that the, the this album was heavily influenced by the wire which is a show that we covered talked a lot about the oh, yeah. soundtrack so uh that's it's pretty awesome that he takes best show new, ever yeah best show ever I think top two for me are Sopranos and, and The Wire, for sure. Um, I think The Wire delves into a little bit more 
I don't know. I, I don't want to say intellectual, but it makes you think more a little bit. It's, there's so many different nuances of that show. It, you know, it is, yeah. Even though it's a period piece at this point from the way those guys dress in there and even the, techno- the data technology, it still makes you think. There's a lot of things in there that you miss, like the first, second, and third time around that you're just catching when it's your dozen, when it's your 12th viewing. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the, the kind of sleeper uh, sleeper season for me was season two. I mean, I think it was yeah. really a great season, something that you don't really think about. I learned a lot about Baltimore and how right. kind of things just work through the harbors and like the economics of, of how that, Baltimore that's, works. That's why it's the most important season. I mean, upon initial viewing, I was like, what the hell is this? It doesn't got nothing to do with Avon, Stringer, what they did last season. What the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, it, it, and it, it brings everything together. It just shows you how everything works. And, it, and who the real power in the city is. Not the yeah. drug dealers, but the Greeks. Yep, exactly. So, um, so yeah, the artwork's great. Um, do we want to jump into that, that, that first track here? Uh, done. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, it's essentially, what, an instrumental kind of, or, or sample yeah, it's basically like an ER flatline It's how it starts off. Like the ER flatline sound, it fades in, and then some gospel-sounding music happens. You, you hear an organ in the background, and that's simple. An organ, a gospel organ, that's, that's reminiscent of funeral music, right? Yeah. And that symbolizes what we're, what we're hearing right now, the death of Redmond Stevens. That's how the album starts out with. And Redmond Stevens, as we stated, he's the main character of the storyline. And the fact that the album both begins with instru- begins and ends with instrumentals, yeah, you know, symbolizing both symbolizing death and conception, and, and also it, it has what like sorry to cut you off, but three instrumentals right that 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 kind of finish off the album, yeah, like three or four instrumentals to just finish off the album, symbolizing birth, uh, development, and conception, yeah, and also it's interesting because on this track right here, done. The sample that's used that's used as the uh, as the backbone for the instrumental, it's actually reversed. That that's how the producer did it. He reversed it in order to fit the theme of the story being told backwards. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it yeah. fits in very well with, like you said, the concept and the theme. That's a good. It was a good idea to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very very few people caught that. Yeah, and I, I, not a lot of people do that. I mean, I, do you see? I don't. I mean, I I think you probably know a lot more than. I do about hip hop, but do you see a lot of hip hop concept albums? I mean, yeah. Well, the first one, the, arguably the first one, was 1999's uh, "Prince Among Thieves" by a uh, De La Soul producer, Prince Paul. Yeah, that was that was heavily influential. It influenced this album right here with with its narrative, because on, on "Prince Among Thieves," that was actually a forward narrative about a guy who just wants a record deal and all the things he has to he has to do in order to get it, but meets a fatal meets a fatal end uh, come at the album's close and other albums that are similar similar that are similarly conceptual uh a piece of strange by kind of linguist uh the minstrel show by little brother dinner and a movie by brother lynch hung and any and any master ace album and his albums are like his albums are well put together almost like tarantino movies like splinter chronology and whatnot and you got to figure out what goes where and kendrick lamar speaking of which kendrick lamar his album um Good Kid, Mad City. That's a prime example of a splinter chronology in a hip hop and sexual album. Okay, okay, awesome, man. Um, so then we go into this next track, Sleep. Um, 
man, it's got a creepy sound to it. It's it's yeah. uh, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark, and um, it, it just uh, I feel like it really captures uh, captures like you know where um, Redford's thought thoughts are really like right like as he's dying. Yeah, yeah. It's like you get the you get like kind of you you put yourself like right where he's like in his head kind of in the moment and mm-hmm. and it's um I don't know it's it, it's one of the more like I started to listen to more root songs from different albums like how I got over and uh, it's it's really different I think it to me it just stands right. out as like and maybe it's just because they're trying to go with the concept but it, and I, just, think, I think that's the case yeah. Yeah, it just stands out. I one of the that in the lighthouse to me is like one of the songs. These lighthouse two really stand out to me as like very different. Yeah, the ones that are where they actually go with a whole a certain theme in the songs, like lighthouse that has a very aquatic theme where they use a bunch of water and aquatic related wordplay and metaphors in order to drive the point home about about Redmond's uh Redmond's feelings of isolation and hopelessness. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, sleep yeah it's um they added percussions to add to the creepiness of the song and the drums were very unconventional as we pointed out before and um it's like redmond's life is flashing before his eyes as he knows that time is being denied him you know and it's like he has thoughts about himself his life and and his criminal activities that led to led to him that led to his death right here right now okay is it redmond or redford am i pronouncing that wrong redmond Redmond? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, yeah, I, I, I thought it was Redford Stevens. I see Redford and I see Redmond. I, it's Redford. It's Redford. I'm sorry. It's Redford. No, that's okay. No worries. I want to make or, sure. Or, I either, either, or, either or. Either or. Let's use them interchangeably at this point. <laughs> that's okay. No yeah. worries, man. Um, and when you look at the lyrics for this song, Sleep, it's unresolved like everything I had at stake. Illegal activity controls my black symphony orchestrated like it happened incidentally oh there i go from a man to a memory i mean i think right there right it just yeah he it's captures the the the, the, kind of the death aspect of it even black thoughts wordplay in here um symphony orchestrated like what's it called like he's using that kind of music music metaphors in order to to drive the point home that this is this is how you conducted yourself redmond and this is how you this is how it's ended yeah and then you go to the, the, the next track called Make My, uh, featuring uh, Big Crit and uh, Dice Raw. Um, yeah, Big, who's, who, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Big Crit, um, at the time this album came out, he was really on the come up. He's a Mississippi rapper slash producer. Um, good lyricist, too. Really good. And on this track, him and uh, Roots affiliate Dice Raw, they're... We forgot to mention this. Every time you hear somebody rap on here, it's rapping from a Redmond's point of view, right? right. Even when even when there's a guest rapper on the track, they're all taking a different perspective of Redmond's. So Big Crit and Dice Raw, that's what you that's what you hear them rapping from from his point of view. And then Dice Raw is on another track, I think. Right? Is it um, the next one after that? Is yeah. it one time or? Yeah, one time. The next one that's after this, yeah. Yeah, but for, which is one of my favorite tracks. This one's really cool, too, though. It's got a very kind of like dreamy aspect to it or sound to it, you know? Yeah, and this is the climax of the album, actually. This is where Redman actually kills himself. Yeah, and, I mean, and, the, and then you look at it. I mean, do you think it's this is more of like a social comment, 
commentary about life in the streets or maybe his life like i i think it is really it's like even though it's wrapped up within the the framework of the narrative it's really it's really is just social commentary if you just read between the lines yeah it's like about how there's no good ending to living a life of crime and you can keep on chasing after the money but eventually you're going to end up either dead or in jail yeah and and when you look at like and i I don't know if this is like do you know who's singing that or like talking it's kind of like um um what is a sample yeah yeah it's like they told me at the end the end don't justify the means who is Mm -hmm. that is that big crit or who who is who's singing that part like um what's it called crit wasn't crit wasn't singing he was rapping it but what's it called i think it's almost like it a spoken word kind of like it sounds like someone just talking, you know, like it's it's a sample. It's a sample. It's a dialogue sample. Yeah. Um, but the lyrics are just incredible in the song. It, it, like that one reference to, to Stairway to Heaven. If, if there's a heaven, I can't find a stairway. I, lo- I just like that, how that, he that, switched that that's around. A suicide. Yeah. That's a suicide. Yeah. It's like if you commit suicide, you're not going to heaven. Yeah. So uh, I like how he kind of played around with the lyrics and made, put his kind of black thought, put his, uh, his stamp his on that. On, yeah. His spin on that. Yeah. And then the outro too, I thought was very like different, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like this, like kind of R and B, like the, the, the beats and everything. It just, it, it doesn't like, I don't, I don't feel like it goes along with the, the original kind of vibe to the song. And it seems into the next track too. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, and then we go into one time, right? Which is uh, yeah, I love this track. Fonte and uh, Dice Raw. Fonte, he's one of he's one of my favorite lyricists, dude. He's from a North the North Carolina rap group Little Brother. Yeah, he is his wordplay, and he is, is he has a very wry sense of humor. Yeah, and, and this- he's the one that I was gonna say. Fonte was the one that actually did this a few years ago, where he went on Twitter and compared rappers to TV shows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, compared Eminem to Mad Men. He said, <laughs> technically flawless, but there's only so much I can listen to when it comes to the existential angst of white men, of rich white men. And this out, I mean, this song is, um, I just like it, man. It's, it's, it's intense. They got that drum, that, that beat from, from Quest Love. Yeah. And then you have the piano, the keys, and, it just it's sounds very, so hard, man. Like it's hard. It's hardcore. It's about life in the streets. Yeah, and um, it just works perfectly. And uh, Dice Ross flow. I mean, it's it's just I, I don't know. It's one of my favorite songs on the album, it's especially the, the the lyrics too. Like like a samurai, the streets samurai code. Play your part. Play. Shut the f up and do what I was told. Told. Yeah, that's a that's a clever line in there. It's very clever. That was that, and I feel like that was Black Thought, right? I feel like that he was singing that part. I think that I think that was Fonte. Okay, that was Fonte that did that line, yeah, because it goes hand in hand with a street guy like Redman. And then, um, like, so this song is really about—is it? You think it's about the life, kind of living the life, like it's a depiction of what does the one time part though mean, like to you? The one time he thinks of escaping, really. Yeah, like trying to get out of the game. Like, Yeah, the one time during the day, during his day as a street hustler or whatever, where he actually daydreams or has some like reverie about getting out of the game. 
be it legitimate or as it ultimately turns out, suicide. Yeah. And then the inclusion of the Hammurabi code, man, like that's so, yeah, that's, that's just so, uh, clever, you know, that's why, that's why I like the roots, man. And, um, we go to that next track, Cool On. One of my favorites on this as well. There's a lot of good songs, but this one it's, I it's, really it's like. It's felt more positive than any than a lot of the other stuff on the on the album. I mean, well, more upbeat and a little bit more up, uplifting than than what we heard so far. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is kind of like to bring me back to the good days, like because the rest of the, most of the albums. Uh, I hate to say it, a little depressing, but I mean the songs are great, but the 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 themes are the themes, a little depressing. They are they are very times. depressing. Yeah. But this is like that carpe diem kind of, or like reminiscing on the good, the good old days kind of song, mm-hmm. and um, I, I it like is. it, man. It's, uh, um, I think it's Truck North who, who I really like that part, the last part that he sings, uh, where it's like say cheese free falling from the airplane. Like, I love right. that one, that last part where he's just like he does his thing, and. Um, well- and I, and I like how they, I like how they utilize the sample for, in this song too. I mean, the roots—they're alive, they're live instrumentation, very bohemian. But like here, they use like a, where there's a will by a, the 1960s, 1970s R&B singer DJ Rogers. Like they use they use his song for the opening sample as the opening sample for the track in order to give it more of a more of an upbeat feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the and the bass line is just like the bass line the. The drums, the every I mean there's guitar in there. It it just sounds oh, yeah. it sounds really good. Um and when you look at the lyrics too, uh uh and inside the dressed up like a tel- telethon, black tie affair, but they're holding heavy arms, straight cash with the stash and the cummerbond, mobile cardi and the bounces of the party hum. Yeah, I mean <laughs> pretty That's much like talking money. about the, the luxury the luxury life of that that yeah. life. The money cash hoes, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's awesome, what man. You, like what you say, the luxury items are quint are of the quintessential drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the steak and all that, and kind of, kind of gives you that, um, that vibe of like Scarface almost. You know, like where you see oh, yeah. him like dining. The montage, yeah, or not, not even, not even the dining part where he like the Sego night or the bad guy. Yeah. Just that- the yeah. It mainly looks. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm mainly looking thinking of the part where the, the montage where he find, where he kills off Frank and gets rich. The whole push it to the limit. Yeah, exactly. He's he's buying like the Mercedes Benz and and uh, reminds me and of the that. Tiger. Yeah, it reminds me of that whole uh, documentary called Cocaine Cowboys. Like, remember that? I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it reminds me of that. But uh, I could, I could. God, I learned more from that than I did from Narcos, The Wire. Or or what's it called? Um, traffic combined. Yeah, exactly. And Snowfall, that too. Yeah, I heard that show's good. I gotta check it out. Yes, um, yes, indeed, you should. They're gonna be on their final season next year, bro. Yeah, that's um. And did John Singleton? Did he do that or? Yeah, that's his baby. Yeah, I mean, they kept it going even after he passed away. But you can tell that without his uh, without his influence of his script, there's a difference between now and the previous seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. It looked really cool. I saw like maybe the first episode, but oh yeah, I love the first episode. It's like that's what got me hooked. Yeah. Then the other side, man. This song was like this was one of the singles that came off of this album um, with with Bilal and uh, Greg Porn and um, yeah, 
whenever they get Bilal singing a hook or whatever, it's like, okay, that that's your single right there. Yeah. And it, it's got a sick beat to it. Questlove oh, doing yeah. his thing. Mm-hmm. Upbeat tempo. And, and what's it called? The the key, the, the piano keys or keyboard keys are really good on the good on here too. Yeah, it's like a neo, like a neo soul, neo soul R and B hybrid combination. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the keys I think like make it. You know, like it makes mm-hmm. it just almost. It just sounds like more like you know epic. You know, like it just sounds. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the Bilal. I mean, I didn't even know. I I didn't even know. I thought he was a. I thought it was a girl, a girl? singing, like because of the, the the notes, you know, his range. Now that's a, that's a guy. I mean, the first time I saw the name, I thought it was a girl, but nah, proved how wrong I was. <laughs> exactly. Me too, man. Um, so uh, yeah, this song, it's uh, it's really good. It's just talk. I guess it's just talking about the other side being, I guess, a better life, right? Like, or yeah, like something like. Um... Yeah, he's yeah Red Redmond Redford's daydreaming about material possessions right here, so it's like he and he thinks that's the key to escaping his uh, his life his life and the life he was born into. Yeah, and and you know trying to make it better, obviously, and because I mean, dude, that life I mean, it's it's just like like you said, it's not one that ends very rarely ends in um, you know positive. A positive right. uh, way, right? It's like exactly how many how many old and wrinkled drug de- ex drug dealers do we know that aren't in jail? And it reminds me of the Wire, like Bodie Bodie's character, you know, kind of I feel old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 one scene where he's talking to McNulty in the park, mm-hmm. and uh, they're having like like eating like eating lunch and just talking in breakfast. Yeah, it's like him and McNulty. It's like when we're off the clock, we're cool. We can talk shop. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like this song. It was a uh, it was a single. I remember seeing it on like I think it was like Leno or something where they they did they they or may have been Conan O'Brien or something where they performed it. But definitely a great track. Um, Stomp. This song's different with uh, with Greg Porn. Um, yeah, it's more it's like rock. a rocky kind of yeah sound mm-hmm. to it, which is cool. Um, with the guitars and everything, it just sounds like it got that rock and roll kind of sound to it. It's yeah, hard, it and it has like it sounds like there's some guy like it almost sounds like he's on like a PA or something, just like yelling into it, you know, mm-hmm. or a megaphone or something like. Yeah, the opening dialogue it was taken from a uh, from Derek Moore, who is the uh, the pastor for the Georgia Tech football team. Yeah, it was taken from a pregame speech that he gave gave to the team at one point. No, that's pretty cool. I, did, I didn't know that. That's that is pretty yeah, awesome. It it does sound like that though, like a locker room speech or something. Yeah, and it's about life or death. The song is about life or death, and as per the storyline, yeah. so it's like, and it's about the life or death choices that Redford has to make, regardless of what path that he is taking. He, it's about him falling deeper into his choices, deeper into his crimes as he actually commits his first murder. Yeah, I mean, you look at the lyrics too. Yeah, speaking of the pieces of a man staring at the future and the creases of my hand, reads like a final letter I'm leaving for my fam, but written in a language that will never understand um and the, the pieces of a man part when i see pieces of man i'm thinking of what's it called a uh, gil scott heron he had a, he had an album that was called pieces of a man okay yeah and i know and his spoken word style had a heavy heavy influence on what later became hip-hop gotcha okay 
And then, um, so, so this song, um, I guess it kind of, it transitions into, um, or actually, sorry, I got a little ahead of myself staring at the, the future in the creases of my hand. So he's kind of, he's kind of contemplating right on the decision that he's yeah. going to make. Mm-hmm. Whether he goes into the life of crime or not, right? Like, yeah, like staring at his own hand, looking at the creases, like a for, like a fortune teller would, only reading his own fortune, trying to decide what path he's going to take. Yeah, yeah. The, the lyrics, man, of this, the roots are just they're they're smart. That's why I like it. It's not just like not thrown know, together. It's not like dumbed down or watered down. You know, they make you think. It, there's exactly, exactly. Even though, which is why. Which is why it's sad to say they'll never be a top seller. Yeah, it's just like they don't they're not the they don't have the commercial uh I don't know, how would you say it? The commercial the appeal. Yeah, appeal. I mean I mean their highest selling record was nineteen ninety nine's Things Fall Apart. That went gold at least. But like what's it called? Even after even after signing with Def Jam back in two thousand six, which is where they've been ever since, it's like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some critically acclaimed albums, but commercially no, not so much. Yeah, um, I agree with you, man. And we we go to this next track, Lighthouse. Uh, we were just it's talking about favorites. this. This is a yeah, that's one of my favorites on here. Yeah, and it 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 has that like kind of dreamy, like you said, aqua kind of sound to it, and um, very lush, atmospheric, like what's it called, like almost underwater. Yeah, exactly. And then I did, you know, I was like reading a little deeper into the lyrics and um i didn't realize at first it was about suicide like you know lighthouse i mean it kind of makes sense the title like lighthouse being able to find kind of find your way and no uh, one's in a light and no one's in a lighthouse is what he fears which means no one's watching out for him he's on his own in this world yeah exactly um but yeah this song is is definitely one of definitely different but really good um you know they use that electric drum machine really well. Um, oh yeah, man, they did. Yeah, and and uh, you look at the lyrics, and no one's in the lighthouse. You're face down in the, down ocean, in the ocean, and there's no one in the lighthouse. And it seems like you just you know screamed, and no one's there to hear the sound. And it makes you feel like yeah, just like the way they, the way they conveyed it, the way they sang it. Yes, yeah, and like, the echoes, yeah, like the face yeah. down in the ocean, like you know. Mm-hmm. Like you're actually in the ocean, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very cool, man. And just and then they add in like, you know, the the you know, the rapping and everything else. Like, you know, it's kind of like they're singing, but then But then they, they switch to the Yeah, they switch to the rapping to, part. Yeah, yeah. I just like how they do that. Um just works really well. But um well, Steph. And then I remember, I mean, this this song is really cool. I like this song. It's like Life Before Drug Dealing. Yeah, I like the 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 chorus too. Like with, and I, I don't know who the who the um, I don't know who the artist is that sings that. Like the I remember, do you remember? I forget, is. I forget who that is. It was somebody that they had the vocalist. Yeah, yeah, the vocalist that they had featured. It's in the liner notes. Yeah, it it, it just I don't know, it sounded really good. Um, I just didn't know who it was, but. Um, I like how it's I like how it's a foreshadowing of what's it called of what we know what the what the what the listener knows will be the ultimate fatal choice that Redford he'll, he'll be taking and right here how, how and how he'll eventually rationalize those 
those fatal choices, be it murder, drug dealing, theft or whatever. Yeah, it's like I think it's like at the point where he's thinking about getting into like this life, but like maybe he's on the fringe a little bit. He's still on the fence, yeah. Yeah, he's still on the fence, yeah. That's that's probably a better way of putting it. But um yeah, and uh, you look at the, the the lyrics, it's a pain living life against the grain. I'm looking back and y'all the same Troy Mark and little what's his name. Mm-hmm. It's um it's a flight of the fall and it's and it's right on the wall. Like Everything I don't know, man. It's just um, I wish I wish um, they were more mainstream because they're so good, you know. Like it, they are, and um, it's just like we need that right now because I feel like there's a lot of like just dumb like, bad music out there. You Sim- know? Simple, simple-minded stuff, really. It's just it's just mainly shock and awe, yeah, and, and provocation. Like like the Nicki Min, like that uh, not Nicki Minaj, uh, Cardi B and Megan the Meg the Stallion. The song they had last year, WAP. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, I hated that. Song. And there's so much going yeah. on now. I mean, like I feel like we need to like talk about it, right? Like, and I feel like the Roots. I don't know if have they put out what, have they, what's their latest album that they've put out. I don't. I can't even remember what it was. I think I think it was and then you shoot your cousin, which came out in 2014. Also okay. a concept record. Yeah, we'll have to do that one. Um, yeah, but I wish they would do something like like now. Just I feel like it's like a perfect time, you know, to talk about some of these things. It is. It is really. It's like there's so much to talk about. So much they can actually just make make. They can make a song out of it. Make like metaphors, a lyric, lyric. Just there, yeah. There's so much they can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> exactly. So we get to the next track. Uh, Tip the scale. Man, uh, I love this song because it's like I feel like this song could be in a movie, man. Like it should be. It should be actually. It's about determination, like like a Rocky, like a Rocky theme. Like don't give up. Yeah, it's e- um, even even if don't giving up means becoming a criminal to escape your lifestyle. Yeah, and it, it, it the, the samples in the background, like when you listen to it, you're just like, wow, like I can picture this in a film. Like it's very cinematic. Yes, you can just it, it almost yeah. makes you it brings you into like Redford's mind, and I picture somebody just like walking down the street, just thinking about like what they're gonna do with their what's my next move. Yeah, what's yeah. your next? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, what's even though the odds are clearly stacked against him, he's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm getting, I'm getting the hell up out of here." Yeah, and then the 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 beats and the bass line, it's like slow. It's like very. It's not like a high tempo. You know, it's like slow, but it like it it they bring you along for the ride. It just it's just the right tempo. You know, it's right. It's like the beginning of the beginning of his life as an adult. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, you you hit right on it, right? That you look at the lyrics, the scale of justice. Ain't, mm-hmm. ain't equally weighed out. Only two ways out: ways digging out. tunnels digging or digging tunnels. graves out. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, who else is singing on this song? Is it? It's Black Thought and somebody else, right? I, I don't remember who the other. Neither do I. Neither do I. I just know it's two. It's like two. It's Black Thought and somebody else. But yeah, this is a great song. One of my favorites on the album. And then what well, we go into the next track, which is uh, uh, Soup John Stevens instrumental track right it's called red yeah Fruit. it's actually from one of his albums off off his album of michigan yeah yeah and and here we're getting to before before redford becomes a man now we're at the point of his birth his development and ultimately when he was conceived and uh redford that has a 
that's the birth that 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 track represents his birth. I mean, and yeah, it feels like it could be on a movie soundtrack or a movie score, even. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be used in various in various scenes. Really, I could see it's pretty. It's a pretty versatile track. And this is off of his Michigan album. Um, yeah. I don't know much about him. I mean, but it, nor do I. Yeah, it was. Um, I guess they went with it because they 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 obviously really liked him as a as a as an artist. But um, yeah, it's uh, so in parentheses I have here on the title for Yian Papu is that. Yeah. Um, is that children maybe or i don't okay they, they almost look like children's pet names actually yeah but um it, it's so it's so interesting with this album they went to go with like four essentially instrumental tracks to close out the album i just thought it was different maybe they could have spread it out more like i would have like in like interludes in between the songs and whatnot yeah it just seems like the order is different and i'm not saying that's bad i just think I think it's different and maybe some people like on the reviews that I was reading kind of uh-huh. saw that or maybe that played into some of the reviews that like maybe weren't as good. But the album was actually, I believe, got pretty good ratings, like critical it reception. Did. So it was just different. I mean, they're artists. They can do whatever they want. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter either way. I just I just thought I mean, it was interesting. They closed out with four instrumental tracks. But um, yeah, I, I mean, mean, you go yeah. into the... The, the second one, Redford, sweet possibilities. Yeah, he's using strings, a string interpretation of the first track, basically. It's like, almost like it's trying to perfect itself. Yeah. And the, I like how they do that. I mean, again, I mean, you see bands like Lincoln, remember we were talking about reanimation, like Lincoln Park yeah. using string, like in orchestras and like string quartets in their like, Albums like Meteora. I've been listening to that a lot recently. Meteora and like Breaking the Habit, like those tracks. And, and what's and ma- and what's it called? We Major, right? On on the on the my fault. Not not We Major, but uh, on Fort Minor's The Rising Tide, the main single on there where they have like dun 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 dun, yeah. dun, dun the strings for that one. Yeah, yeah. Remember the name, right? Is that the remember the, the name? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that's cool. Like they just. Like bands like Linkin Park and The Roots, it's so cool seeing them kind of get together and collaborate because, um, you know, Linkin Park, I feel like got a little bit more poppy towards towards the, you know, after Meteora, that album. After Meteora, yeah, they shifted they shifted away from the whole new metal thing, really. It's like you didn't hear Mike Shinoda rap as much anymore. Yeah. But then, of course, he was doing his own side project where he could actually have free reign to do that. Yeah, with like Fort Minor. And then he did a solo album, which was which was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad. Uh, what, when did that come out? That came out. Um, I want to say it came out uh, maybe 2018, like mm-hmm. or I think it was after Chester committed his his death, his suicide. suicide. Yeah, yeah. It was called Traumatic, I think, or that was the album name. And um, people sleep in Shinoda. That dude can rap. Yeah, he's good. I mean, dude, yeah. he's like the glue of that Lake Lincoln Park man. The guy can play he's guitar. A- he can he's a instrumentalist. He can sing. He can play keyboard. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, he's an artist. Like, oh yeah, man, he can do it all. And what let me know that he can really rap was what's it called back when I was in college, in two thousand one, when Lincoln Park really blew up with Hybrid Theory. It was the track. He had a guest verse on uh, "It's Going Down" by the the, the hip hop executioners. DJ, executioners. Yeah. yeah, I love the that verse song. he had on there. I was like, wow. Okay, 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 Shinoda, you got it. 
And I saw the music video for that. So, like, I was yeah. really into Linkin Park. Like, Linkin Park and Deftones were my big bands. Deftones still being one of my favorite bands. But Linkin Park um, was huge, like, you know, back in high school for me. And when I saw that song on MTV, like, it's going down. I'm like, holy crap, Linkin Park's just put out a new song. And then I found out it was just, like, a collaboration with uh, the Executioners. But it sounded really like them, like. It, it did, and plus they had like they had the DJ from Lincoln Park featured on it too, Mr. Han. Yeah, and they had a uh, Wayne Static from uh, Static X. They had him doing the guitar. Yeah, the guitar portions up on there too. Yeah, they had them all up in the video. Yeah, it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah, it was dope. Um, oh yeah, we have somebody in the Podbean audio stream, uh, Coltrane. He says, uh, "Dude can flow. He's uh, unique with his sound." Bleed it out. He did. Oh yeah, I like bleed it out on on, on minutes to, to midnight. That was a uh, that was a cool track. What's up? Uh, what's up, Coltrane? Thanks for joining the stream, the audio Thanks. stream. Um, yeah, hands held, hands held high. That was the album closer for uh, minutes to midnight. Very yeah. political, but I, I like what they did. And Rick Rubin, he produced that album too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did that. Um, he did that album. I like the. Uh, um, I've given up. That song, yeah. that's pretty heavy. Um, and they cuss on that album too. And then they they didn't they really do. cuss at all on the first on two the albums. first two albums at all. They didn't curse at all, no. Nah. Which was really surprising considering the genre and the themes. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, and then after that album, I don't know. It kind of it kind of they went on a different path. But, they did. Uh, they did. It's like it's like I only I only got three Linkin Park albums. So like Hybrid Theory, Meteora, and Reanimation. Mainly the ones where they have like a more of a concentration on hip hop. Yeah, I, I like Reanimation, man. That album's sick. Like when they did uh, like High Voltage, that song, mm-hmm. and the one with uh, Charlie Tuna from uh, from Jurassic Five, and yeah, they and had so many. They had so many different people up on there, man. It was like uh, Jonathan all these Davis un- from Korn. Underground Rappers, uh, Stephen Stephen uh, Stephen Richards from Taproot. Yeah, and then they had uh, Aaron Aaron Lewis from uh, Stain. Stain. Yeah, yeah, they had so many people on that record, but it's it, yeah, it just proves. And then they did the collaboration with Jay Z um, with a Collision Course, you know. And uh, I did that, not like that record. You didn't like that. I didn't like that album. It's just it was when I when I heard it when I was a college senior. I'm like, this is nothing but a a mashup of Jay Z and Linkin Park songs. That's it. I'm yeah. better off downloading this. I liked Lying From You, the one they did with Jay-Z. I thought that was cool. Um, of course, you have the Numb song that they did with Jay-Z, the clap, the remix mm-hmm. with Jay-Z, which I like it, but it's kind of overplayed, you know? Like it I, is. It is. The what the hell are you waiting for? My like, Jesus. Yeah, they had that in the Miami Vice uh, Miami Vice soundtrack, which we got to do that one, man. I Oh, yeah, the um, the, the, the movie, right? Yeah, that was, that was a good soundtrack. So many good. <laughs> We should do the TV show too. They had so many good songs in there. It's like how they get the licensing for all these songs. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Phil Collins, like all yeah, those, they, all those like great bands. And they had a like, Farner. Um, yeah, uh, what's it called? Glenn Fry for you. You belong to the city. That <laughs> one. Yeah, I think we're trying to do Heat. Right, that's the next one we're trying to do. I'd be down that, for. That's I'd be down for that. music. They, they've been showing that movie a lot on cable recently, a lot, and it's like. I've been noticing things in there that I never noticed before. And it's such a well put together film, man. Michael Mann, he he's one of the best directors out there. Yeah, he's one of my favorite, man. I just like collateral heat, like the, last the, shootout, against, the like, shootout scene in heat. That that just the the way the gunfire, the way that sounds is so realistic. 
Yeah, I remember playing it in my dorm room and people were like walking and like, what the hell is going on in here? I'm like, because <laughs> I had it on like surround sound and there's like bullets, oh, yeah. like like everything sounds real glass. The like, you know, the sound is incredible, man. Like it's it just, is. and uh, it's just like it's three hour movie, but it's worth every every minute of it, man. Like that that oh, movie, it totally is. the storyline so good. Like the acting, uh, what's it called? The plot. I mean, I had a friend say that she didn't like Heat because, what's it called? She didn't feel that they, that they depicted female characters in there beyond being stock characters. And you're right, they didn't. Because Edie, uh, Ashley Judd's character, the only person that really got, only female character I thought that really got substantial play was Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. The like, daughter. And she's Vincent's daughter, yeah. Like the, our stepdaughter. Stepdaughter, yeah. With a deadbeat dad of her own, and she gets neurotic when he won't show up and doesn't have her blue braids, blue barrettes. Yeah, she starts going crazy, and I just yeah. like how how Al Pacino played that character, where he was just like so unpredictable. Like they said, they said that, um, like I think Man kind of told like Al Pacino with a, what I was reading about this, like his role. He was like, "You want to play the role like kind of like a cokehead, like yeah. somebody who's on coke, just like." Just wild and like like unpredictable, you know. He is kind of has that. Yeah, give me all you got. Yeah, he's kind of he would dis like keep his uh, keep his like informants on edge, you know. Yeah, um, it it would throw the actors off too. Like what's it called when he did the whole great ass? Yeah, that scene. (laughs) Hank Azaria was really in shock. Looking at him like, like what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's waiting for the cut. He was like, come on, call cut. (laughs) But. uh, (laughs) Yeah, man, I, I I can't wait to do that 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 soundtrack because it's so epic and there's it is there's so many good bands on that and just even 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 uh, even, even bands you've never right. heard of right they, that you know Moby does some stuff some covers mm-hmm. of Joy Division and all kinds House, of good stuff. House of Pain had Top of the Morning to you up on there. Yeah, was that that was the club scene right? Yeah. And the club scene, yeah, yeah. And they had that guy. What's his name? Um, he was in the Tone Ace Ventura movie. Tone Look. Yeah, yeah, he was like, he was like, man, this like is no joke. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was. Uh, I was thinking of him in that movie, Ace Ventura. He plays like the detective, the cop. Yeah. yeah, he was funny in that. But hey, man, this is this was a great uh, album review. Appreciate you uh, jumping on to do this. Um, we'll have to do some oh. more. Um, but we yeah, forgot let's- to ask. I forgot to ask. What, what have you been? Have you seen any films lately at all? Have you been in the movie theater at all? Because I have. I, you know, I watched little things, a little, a little bit of that with, um, who's in that? Remy Malik and uh, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. And dude, it was, I don't know, maybe it was just me. It was slow. I, I kind of like, I didn't finish it. I didn't get through it yet. I'm going to probably go and rewatch it again, but it's just slow. And you know what I found is like, it's hard to understand what he's saying sometimes because he has that like low... The low-key voice. Yeah, the low-key voice. I'm like having to crank the volume because he's kind of mumbling. And mm-hmm. I, I just found it kind of frustrating at points. But I'm going to I'm gonna go back and give it a second chance and, and go back and rewatch it and when I have some, some more time. But it was just – I don't know. I was tired and it was slow and I just started to fall asleep. <laughs> I'm going to check it out myself now. I've been like seeing movies that I ordinarily wouldn't give a chance. Like what's it called? Like – the Father by uh, Anthony Hopkins. I saw yeah. that. That was a good film. And what I see recently, I saw Candyman. I saw that. That's a direct sequel, actually, not a remake. But that's nice. It's nice they didn't remake it because there's a yeah, lot of that going on. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't. Most people praise it, but me, I'm just like the original was way better. And it's like 
they they put because Jordan Peele he he had a hand in producing it and also wrote part of the screenplay. That's what really that was really my impetus behind wanting to see it. But like the social commentary, it was more social commentary than it was a slasher film. Yeah, right. And, and this Candyman, uh, I forget the dude's name, but what's it called? He's not as scary as Tony Todd. And was Tony was Tony Todd in? Um, he looks familiar, like because I've seen parts of Candyman. I haven't seen the whole film, but was he in The Rock too? Like, was he what, in Tony Tony Todd? Yeah, the guy who played Candyman in the original. Uh, I, I don't remember him being in The Rock, but he was in Platoon. Yeah, he was, the, yeah, he was he was um, Sergeant Warren in Platoon, one of this one of the uh, the NCOs. Yeah, he was the one who's like Barnes was right, man. He's like every last one of them were NDA. Remember, like yeah, he says yeah, that that one. Yeah, he's he's in The Rock. I know I know that Sam. He plays one of the Marines. I believe that. I believe that Tony Todd. He's had a lot of bit parts in places. And he was oh oh yeah, I remember it was the Rocket Man part. He's like, you ever listen to Rocket Man? And he's like, I don't listen to that bullshit music or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the Rock too. I got the Rock. I got to revisit that. Yeah, that's that's a great movie. Um, I just remember I just remember Sean Connery's line saying, "Winners whine about how great they had it." <laughs> I mean, I mean, losers whine about how great they had it. Winners get to fuck the prom queen. Yeah, he had so many great lines in that in that movie, man. Oh my god! Like, and it's a good one. Like when they start driving through uh, San Francisco and like like destroying everything. Then like I was watching that with my friend Joe, and I was like, we were watching it, and we see the Humvee just like destroy the the little uh-huh. bug vw bug that's like has the hippie like peace sign on it i was like do you yeah. think i was like do you think michael bay's like subtly trying to be political in this movie <laughs> like <laughs> sub- trying to be trying to be trying other than to that, be. He, he, he other than that he just tells the story by blowing shit up yeah i was like i was like does he not like san francisco because he apparently loves uh filming how uh you know sean connery's absolutely destroying san francisco with zombie like i was like, like destroy this destroy this overpriced city yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then nicholas cage and the ferrari and the ferrari he just like starts hitting all the parking things cage nicholas cage i'll see a movie with nicholas cage just because he's playing himself pretty much he's crazy <laughs> man him and him and raising arizona what a what a great flick oh him and face off yeah, and a special op surgeon gave me Caster's uh <laughs> face, <laughs> dude. Man, he is uh, he is a character exactly. But uh, or the, or the Wicker Man, the Wicker Man, where he just was just like overacting in that, and it's like, oh god, not the bees, <laughs> they're in my eyes. Ah! <laughs> man, uh, I, one movie I do want to watch is um, Greyhound. Have you seen Have you seen that? Like previews for that That's- or? That, that came out recently, right? Tom Hanks, where he's like the uh, destroyer, like cap, the uh, destroyer captain, like boat captain, and it takes captain, no, no, captain no, you, no, no. You're thinking of this is in World captain War Phillips, World War Two. Oh. So he's like, oh, okay, he's like, um, it's like during like World War Two where they're like escorting the uh, merchant ships over the uh-huh. Atlantic to like to oh, yeah, I've seen, so. I've seen the- it looks really I've good. Seen. It looks really good. I've seen some previews of it, and I'm like, damn, this movie looks really. And you know, Tom Hanks Tom brings Hanks, his A game. So he said his A game. Yeah, I remember. He when you mentioned the boat, I was thinking of the movie Captain Phillips, which and came that's out a 2011. good one too. That was a good one too. Yeah, Tom Hanks. He can. There's a reason why that man got back to back Oscars. He's a good actor. Yeah, 
I love that one scene in Captain Phillips where, like, the pirates are fighting with Tom Hanks on that boat, the little, like, yeah. the little um, life raft or whatever, the escape boat. And mm-hmm. then, and then you hear the horn go off of like, and then they're all like, whoa. And then the, they open the door and it's the, the U S Navy. It's like, yeah, we want our citizen back. <laughs> they, like, they just like, they have the alarm. Going. It's like, yeah, um, your day just got, that. yeah. It's like your, your day just got worse. <laughs> like <laughs> Our citizen. Yeah. We'd like him back. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, good, good movie. Check that one out. Captain My Phillips, but did hey, see, did you ever see, did you see Sully? No, I haven't seen that. Is that good? Yeah, where he plays uh, Captain Sullenberger, the ca- the the airplane pilot that landed that landed the plane in the uh, in the middle of the Hudson. Yeah, I, I remember the story. I just haven't seen the movie. The movie looks I looked kind of good. The previews looked good. The previews the the movie was good. Clint Eastwood was behind it, and there's a scene in there where they're like being questioned by like the uh like the by some airline airplane commission or whatever, and. <laughs> He, I'll give it to him. He has, he depicted Sully with such self-control. It's like the airline commission is trying to make him lose his shit or whatever, trying to say what he did was wrong or trying to blame him for the uh for the for the accident. For the for the, the accident. Even, yeah. though, even though no even though nobody died. died. Yeah. Yeah. He he just calmly tells him, Can we get serious now? Yeah. It's like they're trying to blame him for something, and it's like just because they want to collect on the insurance or like you yeah, know, whatever. Well, or have somebody to blame. Yeah, it's like, can we get serious now? All right, because I'm, I'm ready for all of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, hey, man, thanks, thanks for doing this. Um, this was, was fun. fun. Um, I got another album review I'm going to be doing soon on Corn, uh, uh, the Nothing. So if you want to join in on that one, you're welcome to. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll have to share that out with you. But uh, Corn, that that latest album they put out is a, is a banger, man. It's really good. Yeah. I have not bought. I have not bought a, bought a corn album since two thousand two. Uh, Untouchables. Yeah, my favorite corn album is still Follow the Leader, though. Yeah, that that's mine. I mean, it's just that's kind of like uh, yeah, Flash from the Past, kind of like childhood, you know, classic. Like Significant it's, Other for Lynn Biscuit, and like all all of them were tenth grade for me, tenth and eleventh grade. Rage Against the Machine, Battle of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Like, yeah. So. We'll have, to, uh-huh. we'll have to dive into those, but uh, yeah, we yeah we will. Those were great albums. Yeah. Well, hey man, thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll have to do it again. We will. Thanks, Andrew. Next time. All right, man. Take care. Later. podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Rotunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Rotunes Revs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is Brutuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers. Cheers.